Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is Terry and Tom from the Metaphysical Mysteries podcast with another exciting episode. And today we have a fabulous guest, uh, Kim O'Neill, who is a psychic who speaks with angels. I just kind of call her an angel talker. She's absolutely outstanding from personal experience. Uh, Kim is an author, uh, four books. Wow, that's kind of a big thing. And uh, so we've got uh, several things in her background that should interest anybody. She was named uh, Houston's Top Psychic. Wow, that's, that's a big thing. Uh, she's been on over 100 different uh, media outlets, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, all of them, podcasts, radio interviews, uh, the works, you, you call it, she's got it. And uh, the books that are out there, and I think we'll probably pop it up on the screen. Uh, we've got The Calling, How to Talk to Your Angels, uh, The Way of Knowingness, and Bond with Your Baby Before Birth. And that one is not up there, but it will be. And that's the, I think the latest in the, in the numbers. So um, Kim, I'll tell you what, you've, you've read for athletes, you've read for celebrities, CEOs, and, and all us regular people as well for years. Um, a Midwest girl now turned Southern Belle for many, many years. And uh, so we're really happy to have you. And uh, if there's anything I've left out on your intro, by all means, uh, the floor is yours. Oh, Terry, thank you. And Terry and Tom, thank you for having me. It's it's really exciting to be here. I think your work is wonderful. I don't know if any other Southerners would claim me. So I don't know if I'm so much a Southern belle. I think I'm a displaced um, Midwesterner. I still, I still, you know, think of that as home, but uh, I love it here too. But, but thank you <laughs> for that nice introduction. I have been channeling uh, for 30 years, and I love, love, love the opportunity to, to kind of get inside people and be able to hear what their angels want to share with them, and, and it remains as exciting to me now as it did when I first started, um, and everyone is so unique, you know, we're all like snowflakes, and to be able to have the privilege of, of communicating with people's guardian angels and to hear about their unique gifts, talents, and abilities and be able to share that with them and help them with actionable steps to take in regard to where they can be going at any certain time. One of the biggest questions I'm always asked is why am I here? What is my life's work? Do I have one? Do I have any gifts, talents, and abilities? And, and I get this question from everybody, people who are wildly successful entrepreneurially people in the performing and creative arts who already have tremendous success, Olympians. And a lot of people will say, what am I here to do? Because we, we have certain interests at certain times in our lives. And, and what I found is that no matter how successful we are, we can outgrow what we're doing at any given time. And then we're back kind of wondering, so who am I now? What am I gonna do? And I've channeled for people, you know, teenagers, and uh, one of my favorite clients is a World War II fighter pilot, um, and he's 94. One of my favorite clients, he is so amazing. And so he asks, you know, what's next for me? And, and you know, in the future, will I meet somebody? And it's just <laughs> really every day for me is a new adventure. And I, I just, I love my work. Love it. I bet you. <laughs> yeah. So do you, 
think back on how you got started. I mean, is there a, if somebody else was trying to get started, how did you do it? Would you have any recommendations for somebody else who wants to, I mean, obviously you've written a book about it. So, I mean, I'm sure you got thousands of recommendations, but um, you know, how compare that to how you got started and how it is now to get started. If, if I was going to really Terry, really good question. If I was going to get started now, um, you know, there's, there's social media that wasn't around. There weren't even, you know, cell phones when I started. So, so um, right now, I think it would be simpler to get started, not easier, but simpler in that you have a way to market yourself globally and let people know about you and know what you have to offer because there's, there's many different channels, psychics, mediums out there, just like there's many physicians and attorneys and mechanics and podcasters. And so all of us are unique. So, so um, I, I would, if somebody was starting now, I would recommend that they really hone their skills and that maybe put the books down and maybe, you know, take a class or two from somebody, but then it's all about the work and it's all about are you, are you dedicated and do you love the work? A lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm really intuitive, but I would never want to do one-on-one -on -one sessions. My God, to be locked in that schedule every day. And I love it. So, so it's important for somebody to figure out, you know, are they going to be, just because you're intuitive doesn't mean that that's your life's work because we're all intuitive, all of us. So for, for either channels, psychics, mediums, or healers, anyone under that spiritual umbrella um, you really have to love the work and be dedicated to serving other people. And also, um, I think having a non-judgmental nature helps a lot where, you know, you're channeling for people in all walks of life and male, female, younger, older. Um, and, and these days, you know, gender is very fluid. So there, there's a lot of things that are new and different from when I first started. So somebody has to really love the work and you have to hone your skills by doing the work. So when I first started, um, I was, I was guided by a guardian angel and he shared with me that this is what I was supposed to do. And I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. I was really, um, I, I was, a, an, a, you know, an advertising executive and I ran a business and that's where I focused. And I thought all of this was really nutty airy fairy. I mean, I believed in intuitive ability, but I never trusted my own. So, so uh, one day I was, uh, I'll make this really short. Um, I was co-owning an advertising agency and PR firm with my ex-husband and the relationship obviously was not going well. And I was miserable and I knew that that wasn't my thing, but I didn't know what else I was going to do. I was clueless. Like, like so many of us are at different times in our lives, when we finish a certain chapter, then it's sort of like, oh my God, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't even have a thread to pull. So, so um, I remember crying in my office one day, which was very unlike me, went home with my Chinese carry out and like, like a lot of single girls <laughs> who lived in the city at that time. And, and I started to, to eat and I was just turned down an old movie and I saw movement. I was in a little tiny apartment because I had to be really careful because I was divorced and, and I wanted to be really careful with my money. And so I saw movement and I had a tiny little living room and I look and there is a spirit that just appeared. And, you know, these days there's all these shows out there. Um, 
about celebrities and well-known people who had these paranormal experiences. Well, there was nothing like that before, nothing. So this was so unexpected and unfamiliar to me. And he just appeared and he looked three-dimensional just like a human being would, this, this man. And he, he, I describe him as being sort of a dead ringer for a young Alec Baldwin. And he was dressed in uh, a, a lovely suit, but the suit looked like it was maybe, you know, in fashion in the, you know, late 1800s. And, and I just, I just couldn't believe my eyes. And I thought, my God, I'm going crazy. This is what I get working with my ex-husband. I knew this was going to happen. And my cat, Winston, jumped off the couch and ran over to him and just was weaving in and out of his legs. And I thought, okay, so, so whatever this is, whoever this is must be, you know, can't be dangerous. I, all these things were going through my mind because I thought, did, did a guy break in my place? Well, no, I just saw him appear. Is he going to hurt me? Well, no, he's just standing there smiling at me. Is he dangerous? What's happening? And I saw my cat, you know, going up and, and making nice with him as if he was familiar to my cat. So he started talking, this spirit, and he said, I'm here, I'm your guardian angel, John, and I'm here to help you. And it was so unexpected and insane. And then he started telling me, you know, you don't remember, do you? When you were a kid, I was there with you. And, and then he reminded me of certain things that I could remember. And then he started giving me information about what I was here to do, um, why things were just going to hell in a handbasket with, with where I was. And there's something, um, there's a, there was a quote uh, that, that I wish I knew then, and I, I love this quote, it was sometimes um, good things fall apart so that better things can come together. And, um, but things didn't seem so great to me then. Um, and he started talking to me and, and telling me what I was supposed to do. And I still remained totally unconvinced and thinking I need therapy. And then every day he just was with me telling me what was gonna happen and then those things would happen. And I think, wow, this is crazy, how do I know this? And John would say to me, you don't, I do, I'm sharing this with you and you're gonna do this for other people. So it took him um, about four years to get me convinced enough to start doing it. But back then um, with his guidance, I went on the radio and I was a DJ on two of Houston's biggest radio stations as their psychic in residence, which was really fun. I'm a really shy person. So radio is great because nobody can see you um, and I did a lot of TV because there was no social media then. And um, so I did a lot of readings on the radio and, and on TV for uh, studio audiences. And that's how I got going. Um, and uh, then I started writing books. A lot of people were saying, well, how do we do this on our own? Because Kim, you keep telling everybody everywhere you go that everyone is intuitive and that everyone has this, this ability. But how do we develop it like you have? And I say to people, yes, I'm a professional channel, psychic channel and medium, but it's a natural ability everyone has. And the only difference between me and anybody else is that maybe I've had a little more practice with the sessions I've done. So if you practice, you get the rewards. Your, your ability gets better and better and better. So I thought, wow, you know, I need to maybe write a book about it. And I loved writing. I wrote at the ad agency. I loved it. So I wrote my first book, How to Talk with Your Angels. 
to help people understand, number one, that they have guardian angels, that there's no reason they can't learn to communicate with their guardian angels, that the more they practice, you know, very quickly, your skill just expands tremendously. And then you have that ongoing, huge benefit of getting actionable steps to take every day, knowing you're on the right path, knowing you're moving not only in the right direction, but in the right timeframes, having this confidence, this knowing that, that you know who you are and that, that every day you have this resource, it's free, completely free, and we're all surrounded by angels. And so I, I just, I was thrilled to write that book and um, to, to help people understand that they don't need people like me to be able to access their intuitiveness, and they should be. So folks say, well, I call you, Kim, because you confirm things that I've already picked up, but I want that confirmation, or I've just lost my thread. I just feel kind of lost, and I need somebody to do it for me just for now. So sure. that typically, my clients tend to be um, really... Uh, go-getters and people who who like to move forward and people who want to trust their intuition. A type A. A type A personality. What a type A. Exactly. 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 And I recently created a quiz that I hope to have finished. If if anybody watching, listening is interested, you know, just go to my website. It, It should be up fairly soon. And what I learned is there's really kind of four different groups of people intuitively. There are first the uh, folks who are really open and really aware and really receptive, and they already have a pretty good trust in their ability. Then there are folks who are blindingly intuitive, but they're a little afraid to trust their, their instincts and their judgment and kind of what they're hearing and sensing. And so sometimes they miss out on opportunities because of that or something happens, they say, oh, I knew that. Why didn't I take action? But they're really intuitive. And the third group are folks who who are intuitive, but their intuition comes sporadically, kind of it spurts. So when they get something, oh, they're aware of it and they're willing to move forward with it. But what those folks want to do is get their intuition on demand whenever they want it, just like kind of the first two groups. And it's definitely doable. And then the fourth group, is where I was when I left the, <laughs> the advertising agency, um, kind of an open portal, just waiting to learn and grow and figure out who I am and why I'm here and, and where can I get consistent guidance and direction to help me so that I'm not going off in all these sabotaging directions. Right. right. So... I tell people, I tell people a lot of times when they ask me that question about, you know, how do I, you know, how's everybody intuitive? And typically what I say is, well, look at it this way. Most people in the world can drive a car. Now, you know, the little old lady, uh, you know, it's 90 years old, might only drive to the grocery store in church and she does it at 25 miles an hour. But you get a Dale Earnhardt Jr. who's doing a Daytona 500 and is running at 200 miles an hour. I mean, the difference is, you know, practice um, and and getting good at doing the driving and and very much uh, people we call psychic or mediums, they would be your race car drivers. Somebody who's really developed that skill and goes faster, quicker, better than everybody else doesn't mean the other ones don't have it. They're just kind of, you know, chugging along. And um, 
that's the development. So yeah, and so that brings me to a question. You you talked about your angel name, John. How, how would people? I mean. Uh, find their angel's name. And then more, moreover, um, obviously uh, angels um, are all over the world, according to most people. I mean, most Americans yeah. believe in angels as do other religions around the world. So mm -hmm. clearly, do they give you the name because that's how you would understand them? Or do they give you the name because that's really the name? I know, obviously, we work in names here, not, you know, I, I mean, their angel name is going to be different than, than John, I assume. Um, so you get any insight on that? Absolutely. Um, okay, a uh, couple of questions there. Um, my understanding and, and what I'm sharing with you is my truth and what I've learned in 30 years. Okay, so, so um, everybody has guardian angels and uh, often people have a number of them depending on what, what time in their life they're in. So if someone is really open and receptive, if someone moves forward with initiative, and or if someone is starting a new chapter of life, they tend to have more guardian angels. And I think, I think Terry, that it's important for us to remember one of the things I learned is that um, we will, we can so easily communicate with our angels. All we have to do is ask. So we need to learn and remember, learn how to and remember just to ask for what we want. Okay, guardian angels, I'm trusting that you're there. What are your names? What are your names? And listen to what pops into your head. This is called telepathy. And so it's that simple. And it's just trusting that you are hearing correctly and trusting that you, you know, those are the names. I don't look at intuitiveness like one of Nostradamus's quatrains, right? So, so when, when I go to channel, I don't want it to be like, you know, I, I give information to someone and they say, oh my God, what does that mean? It could be this, it could be that, I'm not sure. It could be interpreted all kinds of different ways. So we can actually receive information from our angels that is brutally forthright, which I think many of us want and need. So we understand it. Just, just get down to the point let me know so I understand exactly what I should do. And they, they provide names that they've chosen for themselves. Sort of like, you know, we've got names that we've chosen for ourselves. So our guardian angels all have names. Um, it's, it's nice to, you know, know those names. And, and another important thing besides asking for information that we want, it's giving ourselves permission to develop our intuitiveness. Often we just have to give ourselves permission. And I never realized that until just recently. Sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes we deny ourselves the opportunity to uh, maybe start a business if that's what we've always dreamed of or to be more financially successful if that's important to us or to be in service to other people in the way that we want. We just have to remember to give ourselves permission because we've gotten so many messages, you know, the whole time we're growing up and from the other adults around us now who really are more reflecting some of their fears and their concerns. And sometimes we don't get all the support that we'd like, you know, from the people around us. So we have to support ourselves. Right. right. And it's not only the self-care everybody's talking about right now, which is important, but, but so we have to learn how to support ourselves and be independent so that we're not looking to other people for endorsement or approval or permission to follow the path we want to follow or to be who we are. We want people to like us and we want people in our lives, but, but 
at the end of the day, it's, I, I believe it's really important to kind of know who we are and have the courage to kind of be that. And part of the way we can figure out who we are and every day live that truth is to build a relationship with our angels. And that is done in baby steps. Day by day by day by day, people say, Kim, I want in my workshops, everybody always says, Kim, I want a channel just like you. I say, well, you know, we're all different and, and you may never channel just like me, but I'll never channel just like you either. You have your angels. I've got my angels. We're completely different souls. So I, I tell everybody, if you practice, I promise you are not only going to expand your ability, but you'll expand your confidence and your trust in what you receive because we can make decisions based on, based on um, what we hear from our angels, the guidance they give us. Now, they're giving us guidance. They're not telling us what to do. So I make it really clear when I channel for people, when they ask me about health issues, when they ask me about legal issues, um, when they ask about uh, uh, personal issues, business decisions to make, that your guardian angels are not healthcare providers. They don't have a law degree, et cetera, et cetera. I make that clear and say, this is guidance for you, for you to take in and decide what it is you're going to do. But I channel a lot for people who are um, business professionals or entrepreneurs. And I, I channel for people in all walks of life. But it's really exciting to see so many more people these days, men and women. And of course, you guys are just as intuitive as women are, of course, um, be able to make decisions based on things other than uh, what logic might tell them. For example, um, I, I channel for a lot of money people. I call them money people. And <laughs> having channeled for them, oh my gosh, they taught me about the market. They taught me about investing just, just by nature of channeling for them. They asked about what stocks are going to do. And uh, there was this one day, and I've done this for years and years, and I've, I've, um, I started years ago, you know, putting a teeny bit of money aside in stocks for my kids' college. So taking this advice and then trusting in what my angels told me, which sometimes is totally different than what you hear on the news or, you know, so that can be a little scary, but it's fascinating. One day I was channeling for this gentleman. <laughs> I've been channeling for him for about 25 years and he has a session about every two months. So he always asks about the market and he mentioned this one day. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to put possibly, you know, maybe 700,000 into that stock. And I thought, <gasps> $700,000. And I know that he deals with, with bigger money than that, much bigger, but it, it kind of connected the dots for me that this intuitive information that is coming from his guardian angel, it's not coming from me. I'm a conduit. I'm a conduit and a coach, but the information does not come from me. So this information that is this guidance coming from his angels, and it brought the numbers home to me. <laughs> and, you know, I get nervous if I invest $50 in a stock, oh my gosh, you know, do I really want to do? Yeah, so everything's relative, right? So, right. Um, yeah, um, you, and, do you, do you uh, when you say you hear them, now some people, 
clairaudience is for mm-hmm. the listeners. You know, we have clairvoyance, clear seeing, clairaudience, which is clear hearing, um, and clairsentience, you know, feeling and so forth. And then claircognizance, just a knowing. When you say you hear them, do you hear them within your head or do you hear them actually with your ears? People well, always say, I don't hear anything. Well, you know, there's probably a reason well, for that. And can I add to that question? Exactly. Yeah. Before you answer that is for those that are new at this or maybe a bit skeptical, when you say hear it, how do people differentiate it's a true message from their angel versus it's something they believe they're making up in their own head because to, to get the answer they want? Tom, that is a fantastic question. A brilliant question. Often what we hear from our head will tend to be negative, worrisome, frightening, um, will cause us to have anxiety, will cause us to step back and not act. And, and typically what comes from, from our intellect will be um, advice like, don't try that, don't take that next step. It's not guaranteed. You don't know what's going to happen. You could lose everything you have. So. So, and it's not always that dramatic, but often what we hear mentally, intellectually is going to hold us back, is going to be negative or pessimistic. Um, The brain always wants everything guaranteed before it is going to say, yeah, let's get out of our existing comfort zone. Yeah, baby, let's go. Has to be guaranteed. Well, nothing is guaranteed. The earthly plane is this constantly shifting landscape. So when our soul, or our guardian angels communicate with us, it typically is positive and optimistic. It is supportive, it is encouraging. Now, our angels could be saying, you've, you've got a health condition, you need to go to the doctor. So it doesn't mean every, or, or uh, your wife is canoodling with the pool guy, or it, it does, you know your child is flunking out of college and just not telling you. So it doesn't mean that all the information is happiness and light but it's delivered to us in a way that is positive and optimistic, that is supportive, that is encouraging. And our angels are always going to help us muster the strength and courage to get out of our existing comfort zone. Because if we don't, we're never gonna feel achievement and accomplishment. And that's when things get stagnant. That's when we lose momentum. That's when life gets really tedious. So they're always helping us take that additional little baby step. Typically, it's not a big leaps, little baby steps. And so, so I tell people in my workshops that in, in, in my sessions that this is how you differentiate between, between the head and then what's coming to you intuitively. Also, it's a matter of just asking. If, if we've received some information, like we have a, like an epiphany or, oh, something just pops in our mind, we can ask our angels, was this you? Was this you guys? Um, did you just share this information with me? And this is what helps to create this back and forth communication because that's what it is, it's back and forth. We're um, asking them for information and, and sometimes you know feedback and, and support and they're communicating information and insight and, and being there to inspire us and support us. So if we get, if we develop the routine of of asking them, you know, was this you guys? You know, I'm not sure, maybe it was my head, although it didn't sound like my head because my head's never told me to do that before. So it's developing this communication where it's like we're talking to a friend on the phone. And Terry, to answer your question, um, I, I, the way I hear them inside my head, it's like I'm talking to myself and everybody 
gets telepathy. They get telepathic information where it just pops in your mind and you think, huh, how did I know not to take uh, uh, Bailey Road home from work and here I get home and I look on my computer and Bailey Road was all flooded and I've never taken this other road, but I did today. How did I know to do that? So sure. uh, we, we hear things inside of our head. We can also hear things outside of our head. Sometimes people will say, you know, I'm hearing knocking or I'm hearing steps or I'm hearing bells jingling or I'm hearing my name called. I'm, I'm asleep and I'm hearing my name called real quietly. Um, sometimes folks uh, will actually see their guardian angels um, like I did with John. We can um, get all kinds of uh, symbolism at night when we sleep in the form of dreams. So our angels communicate with us at night when we're sleeping and then all day when we're awake. And when we start connecting the dots about, oh, so maybe what I've, what I heard yesterday was from my angels. Maybe they really are here. And then how much more could they tell me? How much more advice could they give me? And so it, it builds this relationship that just gets stronger and more tangible every single day. Everybody wants tangibility. They want to they have a tangible instead of some kind of, you know, you want to know that you're not involved in some kind of cockamamie, you know, flight of fancy, right? That it actually is a thing. Just like people winning the lottery. That's a thing. It happens. So, Do you think there's a difference between uh, guides and angels? A lot of people talk about guides and angels. Is that one and the same, or are they two different kinds of entities? Some people say guides are deceased ancestors or whatever, friends, <clears throat> and angels are a different kind of entity. What's your thoughts? Um, my experience and what they've shared with me is that you know if you if you guys talk to you know five hundred different channels, they're all going to have different opinions. Sure. Okay. This is why it isn't good for somebody to visit with a whole bunch of different psychics. That's not a good idea. Yeah, if you're going to captain your ship, you can't be getting advice from 50 other people. How do you captain your ship? How do you, anyway. So, so um, I look at spirit guides and angels exactly the same. So I think some people, you know what I think really? I think that this is going to sound a little spiritually subversive, but from my experience, and I've channeled with thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. Okay, have I channeled with everyone that's ever been? Of course not. But I think often people want to kind of get off into the spiritual realm. But anytime you start saying psychic or anytime you start saying angel, people, oh, what do you do? That's like some people with ETs. When you start talking about ETs, oh, that's too far out for me. So I think some people want to help other people and, and be coaches or, you know, whatever they, whatever they call themselves. But they don't want to offend anybody. So they think a lot of people out there are much more comfortable with that phrase, spirit guide. Um, and, and I've run into that. I, I have run into that over and over with that label psychic and with the spirit guide. But spirit guides, well, they can be made up of, of two different groups. Um, our angels, our angels, and then also departed loved ones. I, I call, I pretty much call all of the, I, I call them angels or departed loved ones rather than spirit guides. You know, we, um, it, you know, here in the Bible Belt, 
Um, I, I was w- recently watching, and I don't normally watch a lot of this, but I was watching some <clears throat> oh, uh, prophetic people, um, religious types, and mm-hmm. uh, mostly, obviously, Christian and where I'm at. And um, that being said, they would say, well, I hear something from God. Well, particularly this was about the election, you know, it's ongoing. Will the count come out one way or the other? And I'm hearing from God. Um, I'm not doubting that what they believe at all. And, but who they're hearing it from, I suspect it's probably an angel type uh, that's given them, they're interpreting it because of their training and what they want to believe that that's coming from God. Any, any thoughts on that? Um, I can't comment on the source of anybody else's information. Sure. I don't know where it's coming from. Do I believe that God communicates with human beings? Of course. Do I believe that angels communicate with human beings? Of course. And my understanding is that angels, of course, are dispatched by God or, or you know, the creator. Some people like to call him or her and um, are kind of heavenly ambassadors on the earthly plane to help us. You know, we come to the earthly plane in our lifetimes for two reasons, human beings. We come here to, to grow and evolve and to work through issues and we come to contribute. Another quote that I love, I don't remember who made it, but, but uh, uh, he was told by his mother that, that God gave us two hands, one to help ourselves and one to help other people. So um, because we... We're here to evolve and grow and contribute. This angelic help is just crucial. And here's something interesting. Um, I think it's interesting that kids and animals can see guardian angels and departed loved ones. Little kids um, can see them three-dimensionally. We'll say, grandma came to visit me last night. And if the parent isn't, you know, open to this, oh, you know, the little one can get in trouble. But, but the child knew what he or she saw and animals too. Sometimes, you know, people will laugh at their dogs or cats and they'll say, you know, I got, I've got the dumbest dog. He sits there and he talks to the air and he, he barks and he wags his tail and there's nothing there. So I, I always find that funny. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the reverence sense of humor. But, so I, I don't know, Terry, if I touched upon what you, oh, you were talking about other people and, and. Yeah, just whether or not, you know, uh, their interpretation, I think, um is based a lot on their social conditioning. If they've been around folks such as you, they're going to say, oh, it's probably this. If they've just sat in a church, because I see people getting hung up on language a lot of times, yeah. uh, you know, they go, this is deep prayer. Other people call it meditation, you know, yeah. th- these kinds of things. And so did I hear it from God or did I hear it from my angel or did I hear it from my uh, guide? Well, if I've never been exposed to talking to angels or, or talking to guides, then I'm going to assume it's God, uh, but try to decipher the two. I mean, I've got my system that I use, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't know in your experience if you've uh, had to help people actually figure that out themselves. Yes, I, I do. And people ask about that in session all the time. And you know, Terry, you're, um, I, I kind of look at you as more of a kind of genius. And I'm a real simple girl. And so because I like things to be so simple in my life and I've learned not to complicate things like I used to. So to me, the simplest way to discern what, what spirit is communicating with us or what being is communicating with us is just to ask who's communicating with me. Is this God, the creator? Is this one of my guardian angels? Is this uncle Ignatz? 
you know, who, who passed away. It, it could be somebody else's guardian angels, somebody else's um, departed loved ones who will come to us and say, would you please give a message to so-and-so? Yep. Absolutely. And people that are parents, often their children's guardian angels will provide them information, you know, about how better to parent, you know, every day is a new adventure, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I get the I get the same thing. I mean, I'm 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 with you, you know, because I do some what I call illuminations. They would just come through super fast, and you know, you can almost auto write them. They're 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 coming through like that, and do it on the computer, and 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 sometimes they'll sign their name at the end, and sometimes they won't. Um, so I find it fascinating. And when you get it from the higher, I'll call it higher vibrations. Um, you know it. I mean, you, there's a. You, it's just really clear. It is succinct. It's almost scripture-like in a way, um, is how I get it. And then uh, if it's more personal for somebody, I've even got it in different languages. And then when I call the person, I said, I don't know what this is. This person's a thousand miles away from me. It came in for you, calling you. And I read it in the language and uh, that I got. And they said, oh, yeah, I know who that is. It's my mom. I was, you know, a certain kind of a Native American. And that's from that language. And I'm like, I'm glad you know, because I did not. Uh, so yeah, it's some of that stuff. That is awesome. And Terry, you you had the openness and receptivity to receive the information. And then you mustered the initiative to deliver it. And really, I, I have the sense, kind of knowing you, that, that you deliver information, which is such a gift to other people, without needing their feedback to let you know that you've heard correctly and that you passed it along to the right person at the right time, that you know that that feedback is great and it's terrific. But I definitely get that sense about you that you have the courage to, to know what you've heard or sensed or seen, however you've picked it up and then to know when to deliver it. Yeah, it's been a fun when you, when you got all these guys standing behind you. Um. <laughs> And you know it, uh, that's that's a, a team effort is what it really is. You know, I just happen to be in the flesh right now. So that's kind of handy. And I like giving information. And sometimes I'll give it, I mean, I had a lady the other day and um, her mother had been deceased and, and I she didn't ask me for a reading, um, but uh, she was actually helping me with a piece of uh, medical equipment. And uh, as we were chit-chatting back and forth, I said, hey, and my wife happened to be there. And, and she goes, do you have anything on her mom? I said, so I, that's the lady standing behind her. Yeah, I do. And I, and, and I'll, I'll, the mother was just going to give me a little bit. And one of the things she said was, um, hey, uh, uh, something about she was showing me a picture of Blackberry Cobbler. And I said, this is from your mom. It's Blackberry Cobbler. I have no idea what this means, but you will. But she did say she was going to stop by for Thanksgiving, just so you know. Well, about a week later, maybe uh, about a week later, um, through my wife, she contacted her and said, I checked with my sister. And apparently Blackberry Cobbler was my mom's favorite dessert. Oh, and, oh. And, you know, those are nice. And I love giving those. I told my wife, I cannot imagine just walking around and sitting in a restaurant, giving readings to, uh, I just do that all the time, just for fun to give it to waitresses or whatever. And it's something they absolutely needed to hear uh, a message from their dad or their mom or grandpa. And, and, you know, and people say, well, why would they talk to you? And I said, listen, I, I always say it's like a desert out there and I'm a phone booth. 
And for the yeah. young kids that don't know what a phone booth is, it's like a cell phone mm -hmm. out in the desert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and so if you're out in the desert, you see a phone booth, you, what do you do? You go in, you try to talk to friends and family. They just happen to be in my close proximity and they start talking. And then I deliver the message to them. And I've had more waitresses <laughs> laying in the chairs crying, uh, happy cry. Happy and they, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I love to do that. And um, to just, as I go through life, you know, if there's a message to give, I give it. And uh, sometimes I, you know, I, my wife will always ask me, are you going to tell them or not? And I said, ah, you know, I don't know. It just depends <laughs> if we get the right time. But if they press me hard enough from the other side, I always deliver. Mm -hmm. and I think that's why I get those. And you've put out the intent that you're willing to do it. Yeah. So that's part of what created that phone booth, yes. you know, in the desert. So yeah, I do that. I do that when I go out with my family too. Yeah. And, you know, be, now you, you've had people say, you know, why would they talk to you? I have people, it's so amazing. These are total strangers and, and it doesn't happen every time, you know, I go out or, but, but a lot. And so, and I'm, I'm happy to pass it along, but you know, if you're in a restaurant, you kind of have to wait until the server comes over and, you know, you kind of have to gauge, you know, what they're doing, how busy they are. And, almost to a person people say oh okay I've been thinking about that that's what I've been thinking about okay then and then they go off no one ever says who are you and how did you get that information right. and not that I would expect that but in a way and my kids always laugh about it they say mom how do they don't they wonder how you knew that because I don't say you know who I am or what I do sure, sure. I find it really interesting and it's so cool to be able to kind of plant seeds and slide that information in there so that it's all about the information and not about you know because we have spiritual contracts with people I believe that that there are certain people in our lives and I write about this in the way of knowingness we have people who we are destined to interact with whether it's five seconds whether it's a whole lifetime and um, so it's really important that we kind of step up to the plate and, and do what we're here to do. Because sometimes, you know, a lot of us have learned that, that we get an opportunity in, in, it can be in the blink of an eye, but we have right then to do it. And if we fail to follow through, that opportunity is gone. So um, it's, I think that that is so amazing that you do that. I, I think it's awesome. Oh, it's, it's just fun. I, I, if I had, you know, unlimited time and resources and things, I would just probably travel around. And as I stop or see somebody, I would just deliver messages, you know, because I think they, I think there's a healing aspect. And Tom, Tom and I both do therapies. And so to, to give a message like this to somebody who's under stress, you know, we, he and I especially talk to a lot of people because of our law enforcement background uh, that have had tragedies, you know, mm -hmm. and they call us and say, hey, Tom, Terry, whoever, they're talking to i need to know about my child who just died mm -hmm. yeah. you know i i mean i just did one i don't know yesterday or the day before i can't remember and the the, the parent was just out of their mind mm -hmm. not knowing where their child's soul was and so to be able to deliver a message and sometimes you know from my experience when they just pass they're still having a hard time getting together a, a solid communication it gets a little garbled mm -hmm. at times but sometimes they'll just give me a picture or something and uh, and then i give them you know like they'll describe some piece of jewelry uh, mm -hmm. that somebody has that they got you know in remembrance of them or or something that was handed down from a grandparent that's uniquely them because i 
always ask for, give me something unique that yes. only they would know. So they know mm -hmm. it's from you. And, yes. and even if they're not a good communicator, so to speak, it, usually they can generate at least a picture for me mm -hmm. that I can pass along. And I know Tom, uh, you, you know, you've had the same issues and in such a healing aspect when they can get that direct message. And I don't know, Tommy, if mm -hmm. you want to jump in on any of that. Yeah. I usually don't get the messages quite the same way you do. I have that sense of knowing. And I usually say to people, I don't know why I'm about to ask you this, but tell me about this. And they're like, how did you know that? Um, some people it wigs them out because I can finish their sentences if I'm really dialed in what they're about to say that just creeps people out so i try not to do that too often um but it's it's a confirmation that i have made the connection that i need to to help them in that moment yeah. and that's how i use it awesome hey guys what if hey we could we could tour what if the three of us toured we could tour go to a couple different cities or whatever <laughs> terry you're talking about wouldn't i mean that would be i mean you know when things you know, recover. So that would be interesting. You you guys could do maybe mediumship work and, and I could do, you know, maybe psychic, um, deliver psychic information for people about the here and now. I don't know, be, be fun. Oh, I think, I, I think it would absolutely be a blast. And I know when Tommy and I went out and spoke in uh, Las Vegas last before the COVID hit, uh, you know, I, I think I was in contact with you about maybe doing something because I was hearing it from the other side and, you know, a, a group of people who can do these kind of, this kind of work. It's, it's very sorely needed. And I work, obviously, you know, my doctorate is, you know, in the metaphysical mystery, uh, metaphysical sciences, um, particularly mystical research. And, um, and I'm also a minister. So uh, I will, I do my best to try to bridge people's um, spiritual understanding in a language they understand. If I'm talking to Jewish people, I'm going to speak that language. If I'm talking to Hindu, I'm going to do that. If I'm doing a uh, Christian, I'm going to do that. And, I, you know, so I studied all 12 major religions. So I got to meet them where they're at. So they understand it, you know, in church, if you say you're a psychic or a medium, well, you're a devil worshiper, you know, but if you say I'm a person who uh, gets prophecy, uh, or I can hear from the Lord in deep prayer, you're okay. It's like doing Reiki. Um, and since it's in Japanese, of course, Ray basically meaning God and key meaning energy. But in church, it's called the laying on of hands. It's the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. only energy is the same energy, you know, it's just how we pull it through and use it for good. And so if they got, get an understanding, and I've done this so many times where people are really freaked out, you know, like they're reading the Old Testament, don't talk to the witch of Endor, you know, like <laughs> uh, uh, Saul did. Uh, and they said, well, why do you, you don't talk to the dead people, you're not supposed to. And I said, listen, there's two different kinds of dead people, technically three, but two that I do it one is the ones that die and they go through the light so to speak and the second is the batch that doesn't go through the light and they're what we call ghosts they're bumping around uh on the earth plane will they eventually go yeah eventually when they want to but they seem like they want to have a communication to somebody or an action needs to be completed or i call it soul shock where they've been killed instantaneously and do not realize they're dead and so uh you have to reach out to those folks for the good um, mm -hmm. I always call it front door entry, not back door entry. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the, the going through the back door is witchcraft and that kind of thing. Going through the front door is, you know, God gets welcomed through the, the front door to help people uh, move on when they need to move on and reassure them. And I'll tell you a, one quick story. I was at a conference that was over in Indiana and I, this woman, there's probably 50 people sitting there and I was just in the back sitting behind her and she was talking about 
having really bad headaches and that there was door slamming in, in her house and so forth. And all it was, I'll get to it, but the, the guy who was doing it was a medium and he came back and said, yeah, you've got a ghost there. And she goes, what am I supposed to do about it? He goes, I don't know. And he says, I'm just the guy who identifies it. And I just reached up and tapped her on the, <laughs> on the shoulder and said, I can help you out. Take about 30 seconds. And, and she didn't look at me. She looked at my wife sitting next to me and my wife goes, yeah, he can <laughs> like this. They never believe me as you got to believe the wife, you know, and uh, my two kids were there who are both psychics too, you know? And so I walked her out and um, she, I said, listen, what you had, this woman uh, died in a drug uh, homicide. I said, she had a rope around her neck. I can see where she died and so forth. And the reason she's talking to you is because you have the ability to hear and see. And, and so forth. you have a psychic ability, so they're going to go to you. And uh, she goes, well, they're still, she's scaring the hell out of my grandkids. And I said, I understand. And she goes, and I have a splitting headache right now. I said, well, would you like me to send her on? And she goes, yeah, but she is, she's just in my head. And I said, I know she's actually got a grip on my arm right now. I can feel her gripping my arm very tightly. And mm -hmm. she says, well, why is she doing it? I said, because she knows I can. Mm -hmm. And when I did it, I called and, and I used two angels, escort angels. And they came down and snatched her and whoosh, she was gone. And this, this lady looks at me and she goes, oh my God. She goes, my, my headache is instantly gone and i could see that her going you know gone and so she she's like oh my god and she says my headache is gone and she goes over and hugs my wife not me <laughs> my wife and uh even i saw her an hour and a half later at this conference and she came up to me and same thing she goes god bless you she says I, I couldn't get rid of that and uh the the biggest thing i asked her to do i said do you know the family I said, because what she's worried about is her child her child went to foster care and she wanted the child to go to extended family mm -hmm. i said do you know this family she goes i know of them i said would you be willing to at least try to get a hold of them to see if they can look after this child and uh, you know at least give them the option and she said i would do that and then i sent her and she went she goes, she goes i can hear her way off in the distance and i said yeah but she's not coming back and she never did wow so pretty cool you know to be that, able to hear that that is amazing terry that would that would be interesting i bet you have a gazillion stories one more fascinating than the other make a great book um you think <laughs> i do yeah, I've got, I've got so many because I do exorcisms too. And, and, you know, that always comes up in these interviews, you know, the things that go bump in the night, the, the things that are darker and how people can avoid that and how um, if you do run across that, how do you get rid of them? And that's, that's a huge deal for people. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of those. I bet a lot of times it's one a week in some form or another that I'm doing wow. it. And that's wow. just, and I'm not advertising. I'm just saying mm -hmm. that's what comes to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, the, through how, whatever link up that the angels hook up this, the phone call. And then I'm going, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you run into those things that bump in the night and uh, so forth and how you deal with them in your, in your practice. It, it was really interesting. We lived in um, what we call our haunted townhouse. But I look at the earthly plane as sort of spiritual grand central station. So I think that it's more unusual not to pick up on, you know, ghosts and, and angels and departed. And, um, and once we start opening up, we get much more sensitive mm -hmm. to these things. And what I found, Terry, is that sometimes there are spirits who just want to hang out. They look at us as the intruders. They don't want to interact with us. They don't want to have anything to do with us. 
but they were here first and they just choose to hang around and the more open we get, the more we can pick up on them. And sometimes that scares people at first, but then when they realize, well, gosh, I'd rather be able to do it than not. And not all spirits that hang out where we are, are um, problematic. When we moved in our house, we lived in this house 18 years. And when we, when we saw it for the first time, we walked in the front door and my husband said, Kim, now listen, we want to negotiate here. Now we haven't seen it. If we like it, don't act like you like the property. Just, you know, stay cool, which is not me. So we walk in and we had looked at homes for years and I mean, hundreds of homes. We walked in and it was like, the house said, you're home, you're home. And my angel said, this is it. And I started weeping in the entryway saying, this is our house. And my husband just rolled his eyes. But <laughs> then we talked to the, the owner and he said, they're selling the house and the family had kind of split up because they had a daughter named Leanne who, you know, they had three kids and this was their family home. When the kids grew up, they were the only owner of the home, you know, from 1980 and uh, she was killed by a drunk driver going to work one day. She's like 29 years old. So I could feel her in the house. I could feel her. And she's this darling, darling um, spirit, just this darling energy. And so it's like, oh, this is going to be a great place for us. And if there was ever a homeowner who was selling and, you know, they were going to find buyers who weren't going to be upset by that, we're perfect. So the day we moved in, um, I walked into the kitchen and there was a, a vase of sunflowers, my favorite flower, and then a note. And it was from the wife, the girl's mother, but the wife who lived here, they were divorced at that time. And she left me a note and she said, I hope you enjoy our house. We always did. And I know Leanne is going to come and she's going to stay here with you. She's not going to move on with me. She's going to be here with you and you and your kids are going to love living with her. And I thought, wow, that's really awesome. And we could feel her and see her and she would talk to the kids and we'd hear the kids giggling in their rooms, you know, in their cribs. It was just amazing. So we can have wonderful relationships with spirits. You know, we see so many things on TV about, um, you know, they're spooky, they're dangerous. And, and I think many spirits are here to, to just hang out as they choose to because they choose to, and we could have a great relationship with them. Sort of like what Hollywood has done to extraterrestrials, when you know we could say to people, look, if they wanted to hurt us, they could, and they would be. So I, I find it fascinating, and I won't get on that soapbox, I promise. But. Well, we've been on that soapbox before, so nothing new for us. Uh, but uh, if people actually knew what was going on around them and how much space they share with other entities, it would yeah. probably freak a lot of them out. Well, and, and then maybe once they got used to the idea, um, if they weren't, if they weren't um, invested in, how do I want to put this? If they weren't invested in an organ and organized religion. Some uh, many organized religions are wonderful, wonderful. And I'm not saying that some aren't, but, and I wanna be real clear on this, but sometimes the way that we, like you were saying, Terry, earlier, the way that we're socialized and conditioned from childhood, I was a Catholic and many professional channels are Catholics. I find that, I find that really interesting. It is. So um, I think 
for a lot of folks, if they're not worried that they're going to go to hell or there's going to be some kind of horrible penalty that they have to pay for their beliefs, and they start embracing the help that they can get and the beings around them, their guardian angels, or maybe it's, you know, the departed or it's these, these wonderful beings in spirit. I think it's just awakening. It's this, this wonderful um, time when we recognize that we are just a part of what exists on the earthly plane, sometimes, you know, hubris, you know, human beings, you know, and there's nobody out in space, you know, we're the only beings that there are. So, and everyone's entitled to their opinion, everyone's entitled, but I think it's so fascinating and not only restorative, but inspiring to awaken oneself and widen one's horizons to all of the possibilities that are here right on earth to make the earthly plane magical and beneficial and it's not all gloom and doom and so but yeah, that's why i look at things yeah it's definitely not all gloom and doom but you know, you know with the uh, current media thing well i call it propaganda it's not really journalism anymore it's all opinion Opinions. pieces yeah and it's sad because the average person's not getting the truth about what's going on and um you know they're finding other sources for that information and humans will um they won't believe what they have the ability to discern truth, uh, I believe most people and uh, the ones that are tuned into themselves a little bit that helps but some that are completely oblivious to that, you know, I call them sheeple. And yeah. uh, they'll just follow whatever's in front of them. And that's unfortunate. Uh, but that's what I think those of us who get the opportunity to do this kind of work, uh, we're here to raise that consciousness to where they, uh, you know, get the opportunity to understand who they are, what they are. And, um, use those gifts that are sitting right there in front of them. And, uh, and we're, uh, you know, children are, are a big portion of what we do too, is, uh, you know, kids that come in and right now we're getting a lot of kids, they call them, you know, indigos or whatever, uh, being born in and they've got all these skill sets. Um, but if they're born into a challenging family and they get poo-pooed right from the get-go, uh, not cool. And, and so if a I would, I would tell people that, um, you know, if you find a child that is um, got some of these skills, they're seeing grandma sitting in the corner and she's been dead for 10 years, um, or they're hearing a guardian angel or whatever the case may be, um, you know, you need to take them and mentor, have somebody mentor them that knows what they're doing and you, to tr you trust so they can use that skill for themselves and for their family. And then ultimately for, for mankind itself uh, to, to help raise us all up and, and learn. And you can use it in whatever format you want. Like you said, you know, you can use it in business. You can use it in religion. You can use it in, you know, family interactions, whatever it is. And I think in the olden days, um, you know, a lot of people, I would say, especially women, um, you know, had certain abilities, but they never talked about it because, you know, <laughs> it was just not talked about. You would be banished from civilized society if you talked about it. So they would just say, well, you want to know if you're pregnant or not, go talk to grandma. She's really kind of good at that. And if whether it's a boy or a girl, and you'd have that kind of thing, almost gypsy-like, uh, if you will. And uh, so that that's changing. It's slowly changing, like with, uh, you know, uh, TV shows, um, you know, Long Island Medium, uh, mm -hmm. Tyler, the Hollywood Medium. And people are seeing these right up front for themselves. You can tell it's not fake. It's a real deal. And um, they're saying, well, if they're doing it, I, I certainly I should be able to find somebody to do it or do it myself, you know? Yes, yes. And it's, 
I believe this ability that is God-given, that is organic for every human being, my God, the level of self-reliance and independence and empowerment this can give us if we just take a few minutes each day to build, you know, that communication. Oh my gosh, life-changing, life-changing. Yeah. I got a little something for you while I'm sitting here. They, if you want to hear it. Oh, are you kidding yeah, me? Uh, yeah, what I, I mean, just real brief here, but it just, okay. it says currently that you're really targeting your future right now. You're, you're putting a lot of effort into targeting it and really honing it down to, to a, uh, a certain um, niche that you, that you want to explore, almost like an arrow going right into a target. You've got a heavy focus on where you want to go and how you want to get there. Now, there'll be some, you know, things that you'll have to make decisions. It's a free will thing. But right now they say you're really honing in on your future in a way that you're aware of and that uh, decisions are going to come your way. But ultimately I see the arrow uh, penetrating right in the center of the target. So just FYI, that's what I'm getting as I'm sitting here talking to you. So uh, I want to pass that along. So thank you short, from your short, mouth short. to God's ears. Oh my God, <laughs> Terry, thank you. Yep. Here's this project I've been working on for like seven months. And it was supposed to be this quick, little easy. Holy cow. I'm, I said to my husband yesterday, I'm going to need therapy and medication if I don't get this completed pretty soon, but it's almost finished. But um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That was a tremendous gift that you shared. Thank you, Terry, very much. And it's spot on, not only in regard to where I think I'm, I'm headed. Well, I don't think where I'm deliberately going and also um what i really needed to hear yes. and if i could say something um connected with that when and and i don't mean to speak for everyone but it's going to sound like i am sure what i truly believe when we when any of us get information we're not getting it because that's just what somebody needs to hear at that time and it isn't based in, in fact. Um, I believe that we receive information at a particular time for a particular person, and it's what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear, but sometimes it's both. Mm -hmm. so, anyway, just Yeah, because yeah, I could go on and on. As you know, once you start to open the channel, um, it goes on and on and on and so forth. But, um, you know. Uh, hey, Terry. That's so funny. I get into trouble at workshops because I, I love to channel for people in the audience. So I start channeling and, and their angels talking to me and I'm relaying information and I get all excited. And then, and then I'm thinking, okay, time-wise, I need to move on to the next person. And then their angel keeps talking to me, but just wait, just tell her this and, and just tell her that. Yeah. And yeah. once we get into that, it's just so much fun to relay information. It is. It's a blast. And it's really, it's really good stuff too. So um, I'll just say there's one person that's coming up in, the, in your mind that you're wary of, be you're correct to be wary of. Um, and it's related to uh, your projects. There's a, there, there's some, something that is, um, it says wary. Um, and you, you, you know who this person is and it, it's something you need to address and, and it'll, it'll come along. So it's, it's all about, Thank you. Staying within the lines, you know, so you don't bump the wrong way when you don't need to. Exactly. And, and without some of the angelic help that I've had, that would have been really hard for 
Kim figured out all on her own. Yeah. So thank you, thank you. Yeah. It's interesting that you, a little little something has just come up recently. Um, so that's very confirming. Good, okay. Well, they say you know it, so act on it. And I know you will. And you know, that's the fun part about getting tuned in. It's sometimes for me anyway, I, I find it a lot easier to do it for other people than to do it for myself. But that, you know, you can do it both ways. And you just, you know, it, I enjoy just handing it over what I got and that's, that's fun. And so, um, so, you know, as we hone down here, I guess, um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you for, for your services, what is the best way or your preferred way to do that? Uh, it would be email or phone call, just easy okay. peasy. So um, I conduct sessions. I still conduct full-time sessions okay. um, and uh, writing a new book right now um, and excited about getting a podcast up and running. So, um, so if they want to get in touch with me, either go to my website, kimoneillpsychic.com or uh, just call me and I will, um, I have the, the workbook that I'm offering folks and it's it's really um fast and easy and simple and it's called the am brain drain an intuitive jumpstart exercise and it's it's real simple we can do it every morning and it just helps us quiet all of the negative mental thoughts so we're able to hear and be open to our intuition and if we do this for a couple minutes first thing in the morning oh my god it's just amazing so um i'm really excited to offer that to the folks um, yeah, that, who are listening that sounds very very useful and uh tommy you should take her up on that yeah. tommy is so he's so intuitive <laughs> he, he says no i'm not i don't do what you the hell you don't absolutely but i think there's folks and tom you can address this but that could really use that um to i think it's more of a confidence thing uh, than than a skills. I mean, yeah, do develop your skills, but uh, when enough people tell you you can do it, I think that helps you uh, move along. And Tom, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, definitely, because um, you know, there's a lot of people out there I think that have glimpses, if you will, insight mm -hmm. of their abilities, but they have no way to confirm that they're correct, and mm -hmm. I think they just dismiss it. Um, you know, I know that's what I've done in the past. That mm -hmm. I'll myself out of what I thought of. And kind of what you said earlier, Kim, when you go, son of a gun, I knew the answer. Why did I skip over that? That kind of thing. Right. You know, um, right. I think there's probably a lot of people in that category. Mm -hmm. I, when I work with folks, that's what I hear. And so they just need that confidence building ability and some way to confirm that what they're getting is truly what they're getting. Mm -hmm. I think that that would confirmation, that's really important. And here's just a thought. And Tom, you bring up something really uh, insightful. If we, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Um, what we, what we can do is ask for a sign. So if we're picking up intuitively, and we um, are, are, we're needing confirmation, we can ask our angels for a sign. Give me a sign that what I picked up is correct. Right. Yeah, yes, some people use that. 
Tommy, some people use that simple um, red light, green light, or even yellow light. And for them, they just kind of put in their head, give me a, give me a green light if this is good. And, you know, almost like a stop sign or stop light, uh, red light, green light, yellow light, you know, should I be cautious here? Yeah. Or yellow light comes on, you just sit and listen or see it. And if, if you can, if that's your method. So I hear a lot of different ways like that, you know? Yeah. Anything that's simple for people, I think would be useful. And that sounds very simple to, you know, utilize. And it's funny you talk about Terry knows the story, but um, working with a gentleman who just lost his young teenage daughter a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was reaching out and asking for a sign and it was early in the morning. And as he finished this question, all the holiday lights turned themselves on. (gasps) And he's like, do you think that's a sign? I go, man, I might not be the brightest bulb on the tree, but I got that one. (laughs) Pretty clear. (laughs) Yeah. They, they learn to um, uh, manipulate electricity very, very quickly. Um, and that's awesome to see. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll show up in your friend's house. If you lost somebody like that, like a daughter or a son, um, they'll show up in your friend's house who is a psychic also, or, you know, along with, and then you'll get this uh, phone call from your friend go, Hey, uh, your, your kid just showed up over here and said, blah, 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 you know, this number. And, um, you know, I certainly had that happen myself when my daughter passed is that, uh, a lady uh, many states away uh, called and said, Hey, uh, your daughter was here. What's going on? And I said, well, she died. And, and she did not know she died, but she says she's here and she's telling me all this stuff, you know, so pretty cool, interesting stuff. Uh, and so, and then I had another one in, in uh, across the country uh, on the East coast called me same thing. Had one guy fly in from France, got to New York city, went into uh, said, go sleep. You know, he was really tired from the over, overseas flight and he, she popped into his motel room and blah, 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 blah. I was talking to him and simply would not let him alone. He actually had to pick up the phone and call me. He goes, Terry, you know, in his French voice, uh, you know, your daughter's here and here's what she's saying. And, you know, I said, okay, you delivered. Thanks. And so it's fun to get those things, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. Kim, when you talked about sessions for people, how long do they typically run and, you know, what do you advise them? What would be the best? Um, it's really important for them to, to well, I, I was going to say, um, to have an idea. Whenever, whenever we're going to, like have a hypnosis session or have a channel session like I conduct, it's good to have goals set. So what I recommend to people is that they they write their goals down. In other words, what questions do you have? What is it you really want to accomplish? So we can get right into it. Um, I conduct half hour sessions and hour sessions. Um, Some people book, you know, an hour and a half or two hours, depending on how much they want to talk about. But I access information really quickly and I get right down to it. So and I, I record the sessions. I think that's really important. If, if someone wants a recording, I do audio recording and video recording if someone wants that. So it's a matter of, of simply figuring out what, what are the goals that you have and uh, calling my office or emailing and, and setting the appointment. Let's, let's briefly, briefly talk about your books. Um, of the four books that you have, um, if, somebody's interested in a certain topic, which book should they read? And as you go down them, um, you know, what interest is in each book? And thank you for asking that, Terry. Um, How to Talk with Your Angels was my first book. And that's a great book if if somebody wants to learn more about how to develop their own channeling ability, how simple it is. 
I, I tell a lot of um, what I think are interesting stories from sessions and, um, but, but that's a how-to. Um, my, I, I have another book called The Calling and that is a memoir. So if somebody wants to know what is it like to, you know, what is it like behind the scenes? To, and how did you get into this? I mean, what were the steps? How did you do this? Um, they would find that book interesting. It's funny. There's, there's um, a, a part that I think is, is tragic about um, a murder victim who I befriend. And that book is not, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like a conservative mom, but um, I don't think that book is for kids under 13. So the calling, um, and it's, it's uh, um, I've had some people reach out and want to make a film about it. So that'll be exciting if that takes place. But if somebody wants to know what it's like behind the scenes, um, The Way of Knowing This is a book about reincarnation. It's a book about the decisions and choices we make before we come to the earthly plane in regard to what gender we're going to be, what our life's work is going to be, that whole process. And then how we have our spiritual blueprint when we come to the earthly plane, but then how free will can impact um, the course of our life and whether we accomplish everything we've come here to do or whether we accomplish none of it, um, free will is, is there for us. So, so that book I think is, would be interesting to people who want to know more about the process, like how, how am I who I am and, and how, do, how do I have the family of origin I have and why would I have chosen them and why do I have the spouse that I have or why am I single? Why am I in the work I'm in? What am I, you know, is there a life's work I'm going to do later? What about my health? So all these different dynamics of our lives here on earth. Now, Bond with Your Baby Before Birth, I wrote, I wrote that book because I had, I had my children when I was 44 and 45, and my doctor told me I was nuts, that I would never be able to, to have children, even if I had fertility treatments, but my angels and my, my unborn children kept saying, mom, we're coming, you can believe us, or you can trust in the doctor. We're not telling you not to trust in your doctor, but you know, we're coming. So so I moved forward and lo and behold, the two children uh, without any fertility help at all. And uh, it was shortly after I had my second child and I was watching something, it was a, an OBGYN in LA and he was an older man, very conservative. And he, he was like on a toot and he says, he was, he was very perturbed. He said, and he was shaking his finger. I will tell you that if anyone over, he said 35 or 40, tells you that they had a baby naturally, that they are full of baloney and they are lying to you. They are liars. And I thought, what? Who would say such a thing? Well, he, he knows every woman in the world just because he's had that experience, perhaps with his patients. He says that. I mean, it's his opinion. He's welcome to it. But I got so, as my mom would say, I got my Irish up and I thought, oh my God. And so many women are going to hear this and think, oh no, I'll never be able to have a child. And women over 40 um, have been the fastest growing group of, of women giving birth, you know, in, in this country anyway. So I decided, okay, oh my God, I've got to write that book and just talk about the fact that it's possible. So that's why I wrote um, Bond With Your Baby. <laughs> Absolutely. That makes sense. But I've certainly done that with uh, some friends that uh, I, I see potential children waiting in the wings. Uh, uh -oh. some, of the, some of the kids deciding who's going to go first and who's going to go second. Yes. 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 
Yeah. And so, and some of them, uh, well, because of decisions, they may not make it, especially if they're number three, four or five, <laughs> it's just, exactly. you know, they have to wait till the next train shows up. And uh, that may be as a grandchild or something else, they want to get into that family or, or just wait a whole, whole entire cycle. Uh, so yeah, that's fun to, to do. And, and sometimes they change. I mean, I could, I remember telling somebody, Hey, um, you know, this is what you're going to get. And I'm talking to this soul so to speak and um and then later on i see that that soul says here you need this more night it steps aside and lets the other one come forward and yeah. i'm sure you've seen that as well and so then when they're born you know they go hey that's not what you said i said wait a minute i said this one's going to step aside and this one could very well come forward which is exactly what happened and I, I know they don't understand that and that's okay and, and they think it's so crazy to talk to somebody before they're born but why wouldn't you i mean they're a soul you're a soul you just have to be in a bag of bones right now and they're not but they're going to be so yeah exactly. i find that fascinating exactly oh it is it is and that happens frequently it really does happen frequently so um, I've, I've been in conversations with, with many women. They say, oh, you said it was going to be my daughter. And, it, you know, this turned out to be my son. Well, yes, because your son wanted to come first. So, yes, and that plays out. I kind of call it going standby. You know, when we're on the other side and we choose a family of origin and a mom or a mom and a dad, or sometimes we're choosing a biological set of parents and then an adoptive set of parents. Mm -hmm. But I call it going standby because that can shift and change, you know, yes. as the soul chooses. Just like what I have found out about miscarriages, sometimes it has nothing to do with what the mother did or didn't do to take care of herself. And there's so much guilt there and so much trauma. Sometimes it's that the soul says, you know what? I'm not gonna come right now. I'm gonna wait and come later. I'm gonna have the same mom but I'm and dad, but I'm gonna wait. My son did that. Yeah. So yeah. I totally, totally get that. Absolutely get that. And it happens all the time. And I get a lot of that, um, people asking those questions. And of course, I, I remember one time I was sitting and get, getting a haircut. And of course, I'm looking in the mirror behind me. And my lady who's cutting my hair said, so how long have you been pregnant? And she's like, she stops, her mouth drops. She goes, oh my God, how do you know that? I said, um, it's a gift. Uh, and she goes, I haven't even told my husband yet. <laughs> well you better get to that it looks like to me and what i actually see i feel the two souls in one body that's what i feel wow. and so uh, then i typically mm -hmm. you, there's like almost a double glow if you will from from their energy and so i pick mm -hmm. it up pretty quickly and then you know i can normally tell them right at that very point when it's going to be a girl or a boy mm -hmm. uh just from from that and that's fun and they're like oh man you're crazy and i said no nah, <laughs> I could be, but I'll see you in nine months or eight and a half now. So, <laughs> right, and Terry, I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that, nor the last. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. That's so. fun. I take that with a badge of honor. And uh, you know, I had a I had a trooper one time call me as a, and he says, Terry, he says I'm I'm in a problem. And I said, you are. He goes, yeah. And he says, uh, I have lost my badge and my passport, and I have got to fly oh. out overseas and i have got to have that and i said oh really well what would you have of me and he goes well tell me where they're at i said well i said here's the deal your 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 passport i said you put in a place that was very safe and it was in with some other documents and i said tomorrow morning you're going to get up and you're going to walk to it and you're going to find it i said but it'll be in a very safe place in your mind and i said and your badge is in the bathroom 
He goes, no, it's not. I've already checked. I said, your badge is in the bathroom. And so the next morning he gets up, he goes to his safe and there's a pile of papers. He pulls out from the pile of papers, his passport in the papers, in a safe place. And that he calls me, oh my God, it's in my safe. And I said, good. He goes, but that badge is still not in the bathroom. I've checked it upside down. I said, nope, it's still in the bathroom. The next day he texts me and he goes, do I really have to admit this? He texts yeah. me and he says, I said, yes, you have to admit it. And, <laughs> and he's texts me, he goes, it was in my pocket of my robe hanging on the back of the door in the bathroom. Oh my God. Terry, I have a question. When, when you, when people ask you to, to, in your mind's eye, try and find something that's, that's missing and you get a location, um, do you ever feel like, like I do, like, oh, I, I, if I was there with them, this is where I'd be looking. And, and do you ever get that feeling like you wish you could go and find something because you'd be able to find it, you would go right to the room and right to the area? Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. <laughs> From a law enforcement perspective, you know, people find me my dead relative, you know, so very serious, you know, my kid died or this died or that died. And, um, and so, yeah, you tune into that and, and you, you know, in law enforcement, you know, using those skill sets obviously it's not it's not evidence you can't pull it into court but it is a way to get you to some place to make where you can look or other people can look using canines or whatever and tommy and i are both you know dive rescue specialists and we've both used uh psychics before so finding the drowning victim and of course i used to do it i still do it i mean i'm still a dive rescue commander so uh you would be able to Tone, tune in on that i would sometimes tell people we're going to go out this way we're going to make three sweeps here and we'll have them how the hell do you know that i don't know it's just training and experience and sure enough boom 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 we'd have them mm-hmm. just like and wow. and so yeah and water is one thing and you know i've got a friend that uh, uh we just uh, she just recently um unearthed a 10 year old uh homicide and mm-hmm. uh they'd kind of given up on and mm-hmm. And she found the body psychically and uh, with some help from some people, but, but that's how it was done. And mm-hmm. so the case has been turned over to another law enforcement agency. And, mm-hmm. and so they probably will get something going pretty quickly. And I got one that's about a 30 year old thing. I know what happened because uh, the body was actually taken to one spot, which I saw, and then it was taken up out of the ground and then moved to another spot. And so you got two locations you have to hone down, hone in on. And so very interesting stuff. And you actually talk to them Mm -hmm. and they'll tell you how they uh, passed if they know. And sometimes they're so confused. They don't know how they pass because, you know, they get whacked on the back of the head and then all of a sudden, poof, I found myself in the back in a trunk of a car. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's very fascinating work. If you can use it for the good of, uh, you know, it's the mankind thing. Um, and some law enforcement agencies are more open to it than others. And, and when I first started and Tommy could say this too, that's all hocus pocus. And we don't listen to any of that. But the interesting part is as, as we've both been around this a long time, uh, cops in general are very intuitive people. And if they're not, uh, they're dead because <laughs> knowing what you're going to get when you walk up to a car on a simple traffic stop or searching a building and not turning that corner till you're quite ready to handle what's there, you know, all these insights come in, but we always write it off as just, that's just training and experience, but no, really it's intuitive insights. And mm-hmm. in some of the books and uh, materials, especially related to defensive tactics and things of that nature, they call that the sixth sense. So it's actually mm-hmm. in writing in law enforcement academies and stuff. And uh, so that's really, <laughs> Really kind of a fascinating field just in and of itself for 
people that do this. Absolutely. That, it's amazing the experience that you guys have had. Um, it, it's fascinating. Have, do you think do you think that departments would be interested in, in two of their own giving a little workshop um, on intuition? I mean, or yeah, I mean, in some cases, I would probably target, I mean, what I've been um, interacted with was a university, you know, people going through their criminal justice degree. So it's not so strict as, say, uh, a police department itself. And so you get to them early before they ever even really get into law enforcement and come in and have a two-hour session on, okay, here's how you use it. This is a tool that's in the toolbox. Do you have to use it all the time? No. Can you bring it into court? No, but will it get you where you need to be? And how do you discern between somebody who's legit and somebody who's woo-woo and nuts off their brain? Mm -hmm. um, and the only real way to do that is by, you know, doing a little background on them to see if they're, you know, a legitimate person, got the clinical background or the law enforcement background or whatever legitimate background they have. They're not just uh, some nut job and and i quite frankly when you go to some of the conferences and people wearing the weird hats and making doing costumes i don't think that helps the industry at all my my opinion <laughs> uh you know i just think that's silly uh but that comes from my filter in life other people that's the way they that's the way they roll and i, I get that but it doesn't help anything when you're actually trying to utilize that for something important uh and so yeah, going to schools, I think, would be good. I don't see a formal police department putting one on. I don't know, Tommy, what do you think? You think they'd actually put on an in-service for that? I doubt it, especially up in the Northeast with a super conservative role around a lot of this newer age type stuff. Um, maybe as an introductory in case you trip across one of these people, and if you could do a couple of readings on people sitting there to validate what you're doing, I think that might open the door a little bit. But as a formal thing at a police department, I doubt it. Yeah, it's a pretty conservative bunch uh, because they have to work off logic. Um, mm -hmm. You can't assume anything. You got to let the evidence show where you're headed to. And you mm -hmm. can't say, well, this is where I'm, my target is. And that, that doesn't work that way because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a, an investigator. That's what I do. And so uh, interviews, interrogations, collecting evidence. And as a crime scene tech, you know, you get certain protocol you follow. Um, but, you know, in our dive rescue work, certainly uh, mm -hmm. we've had family members go, hey, they're right here. And sometimes we find them right there. Wow. Or wow. They, they have been there and then floated on down the river. You know, that's possible too. So it's just fascinating, fascinating field. And um, yeah, I think we can get to them. And I think the younger ones are probably a little more open to that than some of the old crustier salts that have been around for a while. Uh, but the detective sections are the ones that you're normally going to interact with. Those are the guys who are going to have the homicide cases um, and they're going to want to take every opportunity to explore all those things. And cold cases are really probably the top thing that they use psychics for. Mm -hmm. Interesting yeah. for this conversation. We say the crusties. Yet I recently had a conversation with a retired Boston officer and told him yeah. about this. And he's like, well, let me tell you a story back in the day where he had, you know, a ghost encounter on a call. So I think it's there in the older people. They just don't want to bring it forward for fear of credibility issues. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a couple of uh, officers that got called to a house that was haunted. And uh, basically they, when they were there, they, they saw a little kid, like a one-year-old kind of get pulled all the way across the couch. And there was nobody there. And they're like, 
door. Sorry, we're not qualified for this uh, because in, in that particular case, the the, the parent had uh, nobody would go up into the bedrooms. They would they end up in a big pallet in the living room because it was that haunted and in, in a wow. negative in a negative way. It, it wow. needed to have some experts come in and and do what they do. So uh, you know, it's it can be challenging because it tends to law enforcement obviously tends to be around a lot of negativity because that's the mm -hmm. nature of the job. But mm -hmm. you you got to retain your humanity and realize that you're only dealing with a small sliver of people that are that way, the vast bulk are not that way. And so we tried to teach recruits, cadets, if you will, um, that that's, you need to have a life outside of uh, law enforcement so that you don't fall victim to believing everything is that way, because it's not. So it's, it's a fascinating field, no question about it. And, uh, you know, I've been interviewed on podcasts and things before related to that for therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists, how to interact with uh, law enforcement and, and that sort of thing. And it's a different animal, completely different animal than, than other jobs, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. So yeah, fascinating stuff. So anyway, well, I don't want to keep, keep all this uh, rolling. I could. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's got things to do. So, um, Kim, I, I just uh, want to say thank you very much for coming on. It's absolutely fascinating. And the work you do uh, is getting out to the public. The, I mean, the books and, and everything that you do. And I would tell people, if you need a reading uh, from firsthand experience, Kim is absolutely excellent angel talker is what I call you uh, when I talk to people. And so I've recommended you many, many times to people. And uh, I hope that uh, a few of them have certainly taken, taken the opportunity to use you. Uh, the books, of course, give some, some actual practical stuff to hold on to and to practice yourself following, you know, your guidelines. I think that's excellent, you know, to get that out there. So uh, I, I appreciate you coming on today. Oh, thank you, Terry and Tom. It has been such a joy to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I think the work you guys are doing is amazing. We're trying. And um, I look forward to uh, interacting with you, you know, in the future. It'll be it'll be a blast. Tom, you got any closing thoughts? Yeah, Kim, I just want to reiterate, thanks again for coming out and doing this with us. I think the uh, audience got quite a bit of information today in a fun way. And uh, I'm sure we'll probably have you back here talk about some of those things we didn't get to cover today fabulous right. i love it i love it you guys it's a date sounds Fantastic. like a <laughs> well from all of us here at the metaphysical mysteries we will see you next time and take care out there <laughs>